Hello, hello, hello. It is that time. My name is Brady Pointer, host of The Point. We're talking a little Dallas Mavericks basketball, a little Texas Rangers baseball, and of course, the new segment I started in my last podcast, What's the Point? We're going to talk a little European soccer. Yeah, never gone to that angle before, so we're going to see how that goes. Anyway, let's start with the Mavericks. Uh, they were off yesterday. Beat the Lakers on Thursday, 115-110. to 110. They play again tonight against the Lakers. That game's on APC. Anthony Davis returned, but he only played 17 minutes. Was only able to get four points up. I think he shot like two of ten from the field, so he wasn't all that effective. But of course, anytime he's on the he's on the court, gotta pay attention to him. Can't let him, um, can't just ignore him because he's recovering from an injury. He is still Anthony Davis. Um, it was a good win for Dallas. Much needed win. Two game win streak after they beat the Pistons. Uh, and then after, of course, losing to San Antonio and then losing to Sacramento, two games they shouldn't have lost. Um, Dallas has an issue, of course, you know, playing down to teams that are below them, and they showed that with those two teams, but no, came back, beat the Pistons, which they should have, beat the Lakers, good win there, and they got them again tonight. And, you know, these games are huge because now Dallas, with those two wins, Dallas sits half a game above, half a game uh, ahead of Portland for the sixth seed, and, um, yeah, that's huge. There's a massive difference between that sixth and that seventh seed this season with that play-in tournament, and I don't want to see Dallas in that tournament given the fact that they do play so poorly against teams that are worse than them. That is not a situation I want to find the Mavericks in. And the, the difference is a world difference between that six and that seventh seed. So now Dallas has that sixth seed. Let's, you know, want to keep them in that. Want to see them want to see them improve and get better because they are only all they are only two and a half out behind LA for the fifth seed. And of course they got the Lakers tonight. So this game is huge. You know, any any of these next games, next 14 games are huge. Dallas has got 14 games left of the course of the season, four this month, ten next month. Nine of them are against teams below five hundred. You know, you look at that from an objective angle, you know, it's like, okay, no, it looks pretty good. No, that's, you know. No, it, I mean, when it, when you know that the Mavericks, when you know that they play poorly against bad teams, it is not a good thing. It is something that you will say, like, uh, are we, we going to look at a massive collapse here? That, you know, that I mean, it would be historic collapse if the Mavericks were to fall out or into the final spots of the play-in tournament or fall out of it altogether. You know, it's it's... It's scary. You know, you, you it's not a situation where you would think you'd be scared in, but given the fact that Dallas just cannot beat teams that are worse than them, it does create a little um it makes it makes for a tense end of the season. So I'm interested to see what Dallas can do to finish out this season. I think they they've kind of maybe have found these like last two wins have kind of given them some confidence that they needed. And hopefully they can continue that over the course of these next four games because after LA They've got the King. They've got the Warriors, Kings, and Pistons. You know, three more games that they can win. Of course, you know, gotta watch out for Steph and Golden State. That could be um, that could be a game Dallas would lose. But you know, gotta beat the Kings. You know, gotta get a revenge win against the Kings after losing to them earlier last week, earlier this week. Um, and then you know, you gotta you gotta beat the gotta beat the Pistons. You know, gotta do what you gotta do what you gotta do it against them. You know, can't be losing teams like Pistons and the Kings. Um, so I don't. You know, Dallas has a really good chance to improve their position. You know, I, you know, they have a very, very solid chance to go up to that fifth seed and make their lives easier in the playoffs. And but they also have a good chance to fall back into that play-in tournament and really, really, really hurt their chances of doing anything in the playoffs. And it, it that sucks that we're talking about this because Dallas is supposed to be you know, one of the top four teams in the West this year, and it just hasn't worked out like that. You know, of course, COVID. Um, they've had injuries and. You know, they had the ice storm that took them out for an entire week. So the Dallas' schedule has been, you know, has been easy. But, you know, they've had some, they've had some, you know, rough times throughout the season that they've had to come over and they've had to get through. And, you know, they've done a pretty decent job of that. 
But you know, you come come to think, you know, what what would happen if they did miss, you know, Maxi Kleba and Jalen Brunson and you know, Dwight Powell for ten games? You know, what if you know what if they you know they what if they had Chris Stapps those first nine games of the season? So you know, it it there's a lot of question marks with this Mavericks season. You know, what would happen if COVID didn't happen? What would happen if the ice storm didn't happen? But honestly, I think the ice storm really helped Dallas. I think they needed that week of practice. That needed that week of. Um, the whole team together playing, I think that week actually helped them more than it hurt them. But definitely, you know, the COVID, the the, the COVID stretch that this team went through did not do them any favors at all. So, you know, there are some question marks, and this team was supposed to be one of the better teams in the West, and it just hasn't worked out like that. You know, they're still going to be a tough out in the playoffs. I think you know the Dallas still has Luca. You know, they still got Luca. They can't can ever deny that. And, and any team that Luca's on is going to be tough out in the playoffs, especially if that team can stay healthy. Um, you know, and the, for and outside of that, speaking of health, uh, KP rolled his ankle uh, on Thursday against LA. So it's we'll see if he goes tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't, just given how cautious the training staff is with him and just his overall injury history. I think Maxie's out tonight with a bad back. He hit the deck pretty hard against the Pistons, um, and that's still giving him problems. So. I, you know, Dallas is in a really good spot to improve their standings in the West. It's just, can they capitalize? Can they execute against the teams they need to execute against? And they, they've got a slew of them in, in May. So it will, it is, it is just going to have to wait and see what this team can do. Because that would be very, very, very upsetting if they collapse against nine teams that are below 500. Because that's what they've got. Nine teams out of the fourth, nine games out of the 14 are against teams that are below 500. Got to win those games. Got to win those games. Moving off of basketball, I'm going to talk a little Texas Rangers baseball. Lost last night, 97 against the White Sox. I mean, regardless of the loss, Adelise Garcia, the man is hitting the ball left and right. Two home runs last night. Got a big three-run shot to bring Dallas, bring Texas back into the game uh, in the fifth inning, make it a 6-5 game. And Texas took the lead, but the bullpen couldn't really hold the lead. And, and I think that's going to be a big issue for, for the Rangers this season. You know, No Jose LeClerc, no Jonathan, no Jonathan Hernandez. For the whole year, that's tough for that bullpen. And then, you know, it's kind of night and day when you come to the bullpen and the starting rotation. Because the starting rotation, earlier in the week, um, I think their ERA sits in the mid-threes right now. I mean, they had the best they, they had the best uh, starting pitching ERA, ERA in the AL earlier this week. I don't know if that still holds because Dane Dunning kind of had a rough game last night. Earned five, five earned runs over two and a two-thirds. So I'm not sure if that number still holds, but still. I mean, it would probably put them in the top three or top five of the ERAs in the AL for starting pitchers. So... I mean that's that's what you want to see. You can't really ask for any more than that out of a team that wasn't supposed to be at wasn't supposed to be playing at a level like this. I mean they're still nine and eleven. They're still two games below five hundred. It's not like they're above five hundred sitting you know doing what the doing what the Athletics are doing, but it's still still something you'd like to see. You know, still something like to see how Kyle Gibson, Jordan Lyles, Kohei Arihara, who's whose ERA is like two point two one right now. So. You know, it, these are positive things you look forward to in a team that's rebuilding. And, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, you look at players like Joey Gallo. You know, the offense has been kind of inconsistent at times throughout this season, but you got Joey, who's on, who's been on base every game this season. He's, he's reached base safely every single game this season. And for a guy who's, you know, whose outcomes were either strikeout or home run, you know, his patience and, the, and discipline at the plate has improved greatly over the course of his career. I mean, I... It, it's it's night and day difference between his patience from when he first came to the league to what it is now. I mean, you can see the improvement in his game year in and year out. And those are just things you want to see out of a team that's rebuilding. You want to see players improve. You don't, that's not necessarily looking at the record because you don't expect the record to be good, but you want to see the on-field play improve. You want to see your starting pitchers come into themselves, um, you know, blossom. You want to see them be able to start pitching at a major league level consistently. 
Well, you want to see your your strikeout, your home run guy draw more walks, have more plate discipline. That's exactly what Joey has. And, you know, he's beating the sheet. He had a bunt single um, earlier in the week that drove in a run, I think. And, and he's just, you know, doing a lot of things that you wouldn't expect him to do. You know, the power hasn't quite got there yet because pitchers are pitching around him. He's not getting anything to hit. I mean, his home run powers aren't there. It's because pitchers aren't giving him anything to hit. And for good reason, too, because he'll hit at 500 feet. So, you know, there's a little give and take here. I mean, I, I if Joey Joey if Joey doesn't have to hit, you know, 20, 25, 30 home runs a season, if he's getting on base, you know, if his OPS is at 950, you know, I mean, he's going to get on base. He's going to draw the walks because pitchers can't give him anything to hit or he will send it over the wall. So it, it's a little give and take here. The power will come. Pitchers will realize, like, oh, you know, if, if the Rangers' offense as a whole can become more consistent, then when the players around Gallo start hitting the ball better, then pitchers will have to pitch to him. Pitchers will have to give him stuff to hit. And then we'll see the power numbers come through. So it's just kind of a wait and see with Joey right now. But you still can't be angry at anything he's doing at the plate right now because his discipline is A-1. And, you know, sticking with the offense, uh, rough to see Ronald Guzman go down. He tore his meniscus, needs season-ending surgery. You know, he was supposed to be a nice young bat the Rangers could rely on or were hoping to be able to rely on. This is supposed to be kind of a make-or-break year for him. So it's real tough to see him go down in that fashion. Um, so, and it's just, you know, this season, uh, I'm not upset with them being 9-11, hovering around 500, not the worst thing in the world. I'll take it. They play again tonight. I think it's on Fox Sports 1 against the White Sox, 6-10 first pitch. So, and, you know, we'll just see what can happen here. I like, I, I, I'm enjoying watching this Rangers baseball team. I don't care if they necessarily, if they're not going to win all these games. You know, it's, it's fun to see these young players develop and see what they can continue to be once this team decides to progress into their future. Because, you know, they've got the new GM. They've got all this young talent, got all these young arms they need to see develop. So, like I said at the beginning of the season, this is a massive year for the Rangers. It doesn't matter what their record turns out to be. If they can see some, some key development in some of these players for the future, and that's what they're looking for. Now I'm going to move on to my new segment, uh, what's the point? And, you know, today I'm going to go into the European Super League. You know, what was the what was the point of that? I don't understand. All it seemed to do was alienate fans and smaller teams. It just seemed to be a massive money grab. I mean, all it was was just the, the bigger teams, like the, main, the, like the top, 12 team, top 12 big teams in Europe. You know, Man City, Man U, you know, AC Milan was in there, Inter was in there, Real Madrid was in there. You know, they were all going to conform their own league, and it was just going to be them. And then they were going to ask for three. I think a th- few, three more teams. I think they wanted Dortmund and Bayern Munich to participate, but they were. They actually said at the beginning they weren't going to. So good on them. Uh, and then I think they were going to ask for five more teams that were going to have to qualify. So twenty team total league, with the majority of it being the bigger clubs in the in Europe. So alienating all the smaller clubs and. And once again, what's the point of the Champions League, too? Like, isn't this what the Champions League is? All the top European clubs coming in and playing, and that's more in Europa League, too. I mean, that's much more inclusive, much more inclusive than it is to create your own little Super League. Because when inclusive, when I talk about inclusive, I mean, the, if you're a lower club in your domestic league and you compete and you get into the top five or six or even the top four and you make one of those European, you make one of those European leagues. Then, then you, that's it. That's what I'm talking about when it comes to inclusive. Because the smaller clubs have a chance to participate in the in the in the Champions League or the Europa League, and with the Super League, they don't get that chance. And you know, on top of that, I mean, UEFA and FIFA were going to come down hard on these players. I mean, it wasn't even the players doing this; it was the owners. It was a money grab by the owners. That was the whole point of it. 
It was a money grab by the owners. They didn't give a shit about the players. They didn't give a shit about the fans. They wanted their money. Florentino Perez is a scumbag. He's the president of the Real Madrid. He is the, pre he is the chairman of the Super League. This man is a scumbag. Get out of there. No one cares what you think. No one cares what you want. Okay, this is a fans game. You know, I don't have a favorite soccer team. I really don't. I just enjoy watching the sport. You know, I, I tend to root for the teams that have American players on them. So, but, so this wasn't going to affect me as it would somebody that has, like, long ties to a specific team. But it still kind of irritates me that all this was was a money grab. This was no no account for what the fans think, what the fans want in Europe. And the fans in Europe, in you know, especially in England, all over, they were unhappy. They were protesting in front of stadiums. I mean, they were unhappy with this. So, and it's, you know, it's pissing me off. And I'm, I'm not even a huge soccer fan. I just enjoy watching the sport. I think it's a fun game to watch. So, doing this, all this was was a massive money grab. Scumbag maneuver by Florentino Perez. And it's still not even completely dead. There's still a few teams that are still participating in it. Um, I think Real Madrid's one of those. And they're still trying to keep it alive. And the majority of teams have already bailed already. They said they didn't want any part of it, which is the smart maneuver. Because their players were going to go from playing a year-round sport, which is what soccer is. You can play... You can, you can find soccer stuff going on year-round across the entire world. Those players weren't going to be able to be in the World Cup, weren't going to be able to do any type of like Euro League, like Euro Cup. They weren't going to do any 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 international play at all. So no Champions League, nuts. So FIFA and UEFA were going to come down hard on these players if they would have went to the Super League. They would have only done their domestic, the Super League, and that's it. They wouldn't have been able to play anything else because the governing bodies that, that governed them weren't going to allow those players to participate. So the year-round sport was going to turn into just a regular season, like you know, like you find at the, like baseball or football. So, yeah, and I don't understand. I just still don't see the point of it. It was just a massive money grab. I mean, the leagues were going to bounce back over time because I think they panned it because of COVID. You know, leagues were going to bounce back. Players, fans were going to be back in the stadium. Things were going to come back to where they were. I mean, with with the vaccine rolling out, and you know, hopefully, and think, hopefully that can actually you know solve issues across the world and get sports back to where they were originally, you know, things were going to improve. You didn't need to make a drastic measure like this to improve the, the financial situation of European soccer, okay? Things were going to go back to normal. Didn't have to do this unnecessarily. Didn't have a point except for just money, and that's it. So anyway, that's it for the point today. My name's, uh, once again, Brady Pointer. Please like and share and subscribe and listen. I, I love it all. Appreciate it. Have a good day, y'all. Peace.